let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is bringing you, yes, an offer that'll help you win money in the NFL playoffs. New customers, bet five bucks. That's it. Five bucks. That's it. Five dollars. Any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Are you kidding me? I bet five. That's it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It takes 90 seconds and put in Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Easy. Peasy. New customers, five bucks. That's all you have to bet. And get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. And the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back. We're going to get a little weird to part two of the Colin Coward podcast with my buddy Nick Wright. Kevin Durant said something this week, um, and I don't think he was aware of it. And my first takeaway is, and I like Kevin Durant a lot, but he said, why am I not in the GOAT conversation? And it's easy to see that as narcissism. But what Michael and LeBron have in common and Kobe to a large degree, they were business people. They saw basketball structurally. They took opportunities about with the coaching. They befriended the right agents, the right coaches, the right owners or you know, and, and Kobe was very close to bus or, or and, and later they saw it structurally. There was a structural component. Kevin is more whimsical. He's more of an artist. He's actually worked against structure. He should have never left sure. Golden State to go to crazy Brooklyn. Um, Phoenix was kind of an out of the blue move yeah. uh, for a franchise without great history of winning championships. And that I didn't view him saying that, why am I not on the GOAT discussion, as narcissistic. 
It is simply he is a whimsical personality. He's a bit of a wanderer. And to him, it's all about I can get a bucket over any of these guys. Nobody right. can get a bucket so, better than so me. So that's that's why and that's how he he's not structural so, in any form. So that's why it was such an interesting comment. Because so I was talking, you'll probably be able to guess who it is. I don't want to say who it is, but a mutual friend of ours who I think used to live down the block from you or maybe briefly, but a mutual friend who is one of the smartest people. Oh, I know who this is. Yes. Okay. And he said to me, he said, take every all-time great, the 50 best players ever, and put them in their prime and have them line up on the side of a blacktop. And it's just, and you get in someone who's never seen, never seen, knows their resume, knows what they accomplished, whatever. You get them at their peak and they get to pick, like we're picking, you know, for five on five, you know, I have first draft pick and he's like, okay. And they're like, all right, describe this guy to me. And you get to Michael Jordan and it's like, okay, well, he's, you know, he's about average height. He's you know, about average deep shooter, very, very good mid-range, you know, one of the best two or three athletes here, an insane competitor, insane. I'd say, okay, sounds good. I probably, set him aside, I probably can do better. All right, um, who's this guy? Oh, this guy's LeBron James. He might be the best raw athlete here. He's, you know, there's 15, 20 guys here that can shoot better than him. Um. There's 25 guys here that can dribble better than him. Uh, But he does everything really, really well. And he can get to the basket at will. It's like, oh, okay, it sounds good, but it's probably not my normal pick. Um, All right, who's that guy? It's Kevin Durant. All right, well, tell me about him. Well, he's the second tallest guy here and probably the best shooter. There's only four guys here that can dribble better than him. He can play every position. He'll guard anyone you want. That guy would say, well, I'm fucking taking him. He's the tallest (laughs) and the second best shooter. Like, what are we talking about? And so under like those auspices, I think Durant's like, why am I? Tell me why. Tell me who's better. You tell me that if we were playing king uh, of the court, who wouldn't win? And I think that's how he views it. Yeah. And so I understand it. I've said this. He would win the all-time NBA one-on-one contest. Jordan could not stop him, and he's tall enough to be a pain in the ass. Yes. LeBron, LeBron's not a good enough shooter to win one-on-one because he couldn't just get to the basket with Kevin's length, so Kevin would outshoot him. Kareem is not quick enough, nor is Akeem or Shaq. Correct. And Kobe, Kobe's smaller. Is that if you did one-on-one, Kevin would beat all of them. Mark Few was on the Olympic staff. Mark yep. Few. And Pretty good teams. <laughs> Saw all the players. And I said, you know, you're watching literally the 12, 15 best players in the world, right? And he said, I said that anything, um, like, did you ever, like, was there ever a jaw-dropping moment? And Mark said, first of all, it was an honor. I loved all of them. But he's like, Colin, I've never seen a player. Kevin Durant not only got a good shot, he got any shot he wanted. And it was always a great shot. Yes. There are no fallaways. There, are, his ability, his length, 
his release, his ball handling. He said, I've never seen it. And by the way, Gonzaga's had great players. He's been on the Olympic teams. He said, I'm not sure I've ever seen a player who gets a great shot anytime he wants. But that's also why that same, but with all that said, he, there is no goat argument you can right. even fashion that because it, because he it, lacks it's a, a structural right. it's about component. the context of the accomplishments and the all of it but it also is why he was so fascinated in my opinion with Kyrie because along that same logical path you can argue why is Steph Curry better than Kyrie so Steph's a 99 out of 100 shooting and Kyrie's a 89. Kyrie's better at everything else. So well, why? And so, but it, because it, again, in that mythical, what, what are, you know, how skilled are you discussion? What get, you know, what it can you do? Those are the ones where Kyrie shines the most within the structure of, can you be relied on for seven months? All of that, right. you're out the wind that drew holidays better than you. But in the idea, and so that's, right. so you get why they, they were drawn to each other. Okay, so it's prime example, is that LeBron, Michael, and Kobe all view basketball to some degree. They viewed it as a business. There were certain teammates that drove them crazy. They were, Kevin views it as an artist. And yes. He's attracted to other artists who lack sort of the structural consistency to be on time, be there every night, play defense. He views it as art and he is Van Gogh. Whereas Kobe like loved Gasol, his consistency, his brain. I mean, he, Shaq's a greater player, but Shaq didn't want to practice. Shaq, Shaq sometimes just didn't want to play. Right. Shaq was sometimes distracted. Shaq viewed it sometimes as art. So Kobe could struggle with a lack of consistent structural, structural consistency that Gasol provided, and Shaq was a greater player that didn't. And so if you look at Michael, Rodman drove him crazy. But Scottie Pippen did. He acknowledges that Scottie, when he went to Washington, those guys were all a bunch of goofball players. They drove Michael crazy. They wouldn't put the time and the effort in. So I, I do think many of the great players, they they see the sport as, as, as there's a business component to it. That's Get right. the right coach, the right teammate, the right consistency. Kevin's the ultimate artist, and he's not concerned about that. He sees it as a canvas every night, and he's going to spill some paint, but he's the best painter. That, no, that's... That's right. And it is, it, it is a, and I'll, I'll bring it to this and then, then we got to go. There's a level of that. It's not the exact same, but the same line of thinking of why isn't Kevin Durant the greatest player ever is the same line of thinking of why isn't Josh Allen the best quarterback in the league? It's the same. I. It's the same. It's like, well, yes. okay. Tell me why. Is there a guy bigger than him? No. Is there a guy stronger than him? No. Is there a guy faster than him? Sure, a couple, but they're they're not more effective runners. Can is there someone that can throw it further than him that can make more throws? It's like you understand the theoretical argument behind it, but the practical application has never borne itself out. 
And right. that's the and that's the prop. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I always try to bring up something that I saw this week that kind of shocked me and have a reaction to it. We didn't prep for this. So, um... I saw a story this week. Yeah. That just one energy drink a month can disrupt sleep. One a month. And this leads me to a story. One time when I first got a job at ESPN, I went back to visit a friend in Las Vegas <laughs> and it was a, a late flight. This was years ago. Could have been 15 years ago. Red Bull was out, but I wasn't aware of it. And I go and meet these guys at a bar. And I said, guys, I'm, I'm, I've been doing shows all week. I'm pretty yeah. tired. And they said, have a Red Bull. And the bartender says down, he says, here, you've ever had a vodka and a Red Bull? Oh, I'm like, nope. boy. Okay. So he pours one, a second, third, fourth, fifth. You're off no and idea. running. So it's six in the morning when I'm doing jumping jacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this something uh, I had no idea. So I... So I've got a very uh, not unrelated, but not totally related. By the way, cheers! As always, this is the part of the 
process with you. I listen, I'm just I'm drinking whatever wine I have until we get the cowherd winery, which I assume is go. down the road at some point coming. <laughs> um so I don't drink energy drinks at all. I do yeah. drink probably four or five cups of coffee a day. Um Same. and so I'll drink I basically just drink coffee continuously until I go to work. And then I drink a coffee during the show. So, you know what I mean? So the, but I, I never drink soda. I don't, and I don't drink energy drinks, any of that. N- nothing against, I just don't. What I do do, however, is I have worn nicotine patches for 15 years. I wore yes. nicotine patches starting when yep. the, my wife and I went on our first vacation together and she hated that I smoked. So I was like, got to wear nicotine patches. And I've been wearing them ever since. It's not the greatest thing, but it's not actually as awful as people think. What I don't do is take them off when I go to sleep. So I put one on in the morning and I wear it until the next morning. And then I take it off, put a new one on. So this is a, I listen, I am, I'm not trying to be Aaron Rodgers here and, you know, pretend to be a scientist or a doctor. So I'm not going to claim I've done the research on it. I am just a sample of one. What I think that creates is my I'm getting a constant stimulation via nicotine. And so I have not only do I have vivid dreams, but I have like dreams where I am articulating an argument on the show that I sometimes then wake up and it's not like a goofy like what the hell are you thinking about? I was like that's a great fucking point I just had. And I like use it. And so my mind is kind of always there's a, so I yeah. don't, so that's a long way of saying it's on the board that it's been 15 years since I got a good night's rest. Um, and maybe it's <laughs> in my eyes, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, that is on the board, but, um, yeah, so I am, I wear the nicotine patch 24 hours a day. And as you can see on the show, I still then occasionally hit a, you know, nicotine vape. Well, Somebody years ago, I had a, I had a doctor friend and, you know, we were friends and he's like, you know, sometimes Colin, I'll be talking to you and I just lose you. And I said, well, you're, you're no longer interesting. So you have to maintain your interest level or I just tune you out and think about other shit. And so he thought that was funny as a doctor. He said, have you considered going on? And he gave me something that could have been Ritalin or something. I don't know what it was. And I said, oh, I'm not taking any drugs for this. I said, I know that my head is different. I know it is because I know people aren't thinking like I'm thinking, but I talk to myself three hours a day. I do not want to be medicated. I am willing to be zany and weird. So this is because I want to have this conversation with you. I'm so glad we started here. Um, There's so many crazy, like it's coming off divisional weekend. I'm so much more interested in this specific conversation for a number of reasons. So, uh, you and I don't have the same brain, but we we clearly have a lot of similarities in how you're mathy. I'm more mathy. You're kind of more ideas, but we yeah. have a lot of kind of similarities of how I think our brains work. So I, I for a very long time, there's an article that I have up in my office that was written about me, uh, twelve years ago when I was doing a l- poorly rated afternoon radio show in Kansas city. And I just kind of speak and I say to the guy, I'm like, well, here's, what's going to happen. Like I'm going to beat 
the guy who's been number one for 20 years. Then I'm going to go to a major market. I'm going to be number one there. And then I'm going to one day take over for Colin Cowherd. Like I was like laying it all out. But keep in mind, I'm laying this all out as a guy getting, you know, coming in 16th place in Kansas City, <laughs> getting a 1.2 <laughs> share, just saying it at point of fact. I'm like, and, and the article is written from the perspective of, hey, there's this guy on the radio in Kansas City who's totally delusional. Like that, that is the premise of it. It's kind of a hit piece. Yeah. Um, but in there, I talk about um that I thought my anxiety was my edge on the world. And yeah. you know, the guy asked me about it. I'm like, well, I just, you know, when my then girlfriend, now wife, goes to bed at night, I just stare up at the ceiling for 45 minutes. Cause like I'm so like, am I doing enough? What do I need to do? Whatever, whatever. And that is, I, I, by the way, if people are listening to this, I, I don't think that I have treated this the right way. I don't think it is necessarily healthy for me, whatever. Right. But I believe in a very thin lane of professionally medicating that out of me would have been yeah. the worst thing possible. And so like, I, I kind of took the downside of the impact it has on my general demeanor or health or whatever, because yeah. I think it's what makes me unique. Like it is one of the things that allowed me to kind of do what I've done. And what you were saying about yourself is really interesting because it is, it is true. And everyone who knows you on a personal level knows it. Like no matter how much Colin likes you on a human level, if you guys are having an interaction and you stop being interesting, he's out the door and doesn't even know it. Like, and you don't really, I think maybe you can do this in like at cocktail parties with your wife, but I'm guessing you can't like, yeah. you don't really have the ability to yeah. fake it the way most human beings do, where it's like, oh, tell me more about your accounting firm. Like you're just fucking out of there and you can see it yeah. and everyone knows it. And that is maybe a social faux pas, but it's yeah. part of the reason you're you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like any of like all of us, I think, have a oddity that if we had regular jobs, people would yeah. be like, not cool. But because of the jobs we have, they're like, ah, <laughs> like an art. It's like kind of like he's an artist, like he's weird, but it's fine. Like that, I feel that I, I totally know what you're talking about, and I feel like I have a similar thing. Well, it's, it's, I have a friend, um, he, he's just a wonderful guy. He's one of my really closest friend, like go on vacation friend. And he's, he's in Hollywood and I don't want to put his name out there because he still does a lot of business, but, um, you know, he has told me about interactions and I am in no way an artist. I'm not putting myself on that plateau, but he was telling me about a dinner he went to with Oliver Stone. So Oliver Stone's a fascinating guy. I mean, I almost everything he's done, even the stuff um, that uh, like Salvador that yeah. may not be a hit uh, is just fascinating. JFK, uh, um, all platoon, of it. Yeah. all of it. He's a brilliant guy. And, and, and he was telling me about a dinner. He he had to go to a, a business dinner with, with Oliver Stone, and he showed up uh, at one an hour and a half late to a business dinner and didn't really acknowledge it when he got there. And at one point, he uh, took a dessert. He, he was leaving the restaurant, 
and said, uh, I'm going to take a dessert out to a friend and just put it in his hand and left the restaurant with a dessert <laughs> in his hand. And he was saying this in admiration of, he said the dinner was fascinating. He's one of the most brilliant people. Um, he is different, but he, he's a, he's really a, you're sitting and talking to a genius on certain levels artistically. And again, almost, I, he is one of my top 10 Hollywood people I'd love to meet. In fact, I just went to a hotel, the Beverly Wilshire, a month ago with my wife, and he was there having lunch. And I thought, I can't, I can't bother him. It looked like an important meeting. But I will say is that, and I'm not an artist, but it, it, there is, I could not be, for instance, and my son's the same way. I, I couldn't be an accountant. I couldn't sit in a cubicle. I'm not capable of it. I, I'm too frenetic. I'm moving too much. So the audience is listening to this thinking we're probably too self-absorbed people, but I think what we're doing. We're giving people a glimpse into our peculiar. No, I uh, don't listen. I yes, I mean, of course, anyone who does what we do, there is a level of self-importance. I mean, it doesn't work if you don't like you. The whole idea is what I provide to the world is my thoughts on the world. That does right. make one feel self-important. Like there is, so I don't know right. if it's a chicken and the egg thing, but of course, like I'm not building anything, yeah. I'm not creating anything. I'm just giving. Everyone has ideas. And for you or for me and people in our space, like they, they you know, people want to hear them or they people think they want to hear them or whatever. So, yes, there is a level of self-importance. But what I think is relatable is no matter I to me. If there's a lesson in such a thing, it's if there is something unique about how your brain or you work, being able to find. The job or career that instead of you having to mute that or suppress it, that rewards you for it is the quickest path to either success or a fulfilling existence. Like, because you, you, the, there's a lot of jobs you're saying you couldn't do, but it's also what you couldn't, it'd be, you'd be miserable. If you couldn't right. do your, the thing that makes you, you, and in fact, they're trying to beat it out of you. And so for your wife, we're both married to actual artists. They're different types yes. of artists. Your your wife yeah. creates like paintings and actual art. And my wife is what I consider a visual artist. She's a designer and a stylist and puts things together for people. Um, but if those, it, it, that's the way their brains work. They see things and it makes sense in a way that that's the only thing they, they oh. should be doing. I shouldn't say can do the only thing they should be yeah. doing. Well, I'll give you a story. I don't know if I've ever told this story before. I may have told it to people at parties, but this is brain function. So my wife and I have been together 17 years, and I would say the first 10, nine or 10, we were feisty. I mean, when we dated, she broke up with me six times. So, I mean, a lot. She broke up with me all the time. And, uh, you know, part of it was just not understanding She's just a different person. She like she was like, and still, I've never been with a woman like Anne on on a, on a million levels. And a, she's just an amazing person. And we have totally different brain functions. So I'll give you an example of this, which is um, something that I hope I haven't told you this story, and you're surprised by it. So when I first moved to Los Angeles, uh, there was a lot moving in my life. I was moving all these kids out west. My career was restarting. I had a lot of shit going on. Yeah. So I went to a therapist in um, near where I now live. 
And I'd gone to him 10 to 12 times. And I was getting to the point where um, I felt like I was I had come through. I, I'd kind of passed through my issues and my anxiety. And it usually takes me 10 to 12 times. And so I'd go to the same office. And so it was, I think, the last or second to last meeting, therapy session. The therapist says, well, I was talking about, you know, he didn't care what I did, but after about five or six of them, he, he, I was using a metaphor and analogy. And he's like, did you, where did that come from? That was interesting. And I said, oh, this is what I do for a living. He's like, oh, I, he, you were connecting things interestingly. So at the last meeting, he says, well, that is why you can't see the frog. And I was like, <laughs> the, the frog? And he's like, this is the 12th time you've been here and you've never noticed the frog. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, I want you to look at me and move your eyes two inches up. And so I went, and there was a giant frog hanging from his light from South America, he later told me. He goes, you've never seen it. He goes, your wife would literally have spotted it. It would have been our first conversation. She would notice my African art. He had art all over the walls. He goes, she would have noticed all of it. That's what, and he was talking about brain function. And I was like, Blown so away. humiliated. I oh. was like, oh my God, I apologize. I, 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 he goes, no, no, no. He goes, just remember this. You and your wife have totally different brains. You picked a partner that is going to be the most challenging for you. And since that time, I walked out of that literally very emotional. I may have been crying. I'm like, why have I argued with this beautiful, smart woman for seven, eight years? I can't tell you. I don't know if we've had a fight in eight years that in that moment, I realized we have different brains. She's a complete creative, sees things I could never see. I'm more of a stacker. Yeah. more of an organizer and a stacker. And it was, it was, it was one of those, oh my, I felt so much guilt. I'm like, I'm punishing her and arguing her brain functions so, at a different level. So here's the, so here's the thing. Uh, I didn't realize until the punchline of the story that years ago, I don't think it was on a podcast. I think it was at your house, but it might've been on a podcast, but you have told me that once before. And the reason I, re the reason I realized that the punchline is because I was so struck by it that I went home and told Danielle, because that is, it is a very similar story there. And then the extra, you said, you know, arguing and fighting, whatever it is. And these are things all couples to different degrees, different levels go through. But the thing that I have to be constantly reminded of is there is a part, whether I acknowledge it or ignore it or try to deny it's there, that there's a part of me that is wired to argue because it's what yeah. I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, uh, it's and that I might somewhere subconsciously want to and feel like I better fucking win. Like I'm not in the <laughs> losing argument business, yeah, yeah, which can be incredibly tough on the people, you know what I mean? The people you care about the most, the people and re wrecking, like being able, but for me, being able to like toggle that part of my brain is, it takes 
conscious effort because it's just kind of, it just, I'm not as, you know, like you said, our brains are different. I'm a stacker, but I am, I, the, I, I think I am more like of a combative personality. Like, Hey, they're like wilds gave me a hard time this morning. He was like, you know, when you're the angriest on the air, he's like, it's not when you're wrong. He's like, it's when you're right. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he goes, watch any of our YouTube clips from the days after the Mondays after the Chiefs got a big win versus they had a big loss. He's like, the Mondays after they lose, you're laughing. You're, you know what I mean? You're taking it on the chin. The Mondays after they win, he's like, you are furrowed brow and angry. (laughs) And, and so we were kind of like talking through, like, why would that be? And because let me guess. Yeah. Because you are so angry that people didn't see your vision before. That's exactly right. I was so angry that I was like, I had to defend this for five days. And now it's all there. And now I'm going to like, so I was, I was, I, and I went back yesterday. I went back and watched Monday's a block and I'm like, he's right. I look furious when I should be (laughs) jubilant, but I'm indignant at the situation. And so that is, I don't know if it's a malfunction, but it just is my brain. Now I have to tell one story about you and then we can move on past all this. This is not related, but this is funny. And I don't think I've told this on the air. In fact, I'm almost certain and I won't name names, but this is a good window into how you're just different. It's one of the reasons I love you, but you're different. And I don't even know if you know this story, even though you're the central figure of it. So Seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, I have, I'm four months into starting at FS1. I'm in LA and I have now become your regular fill-in. I've probably done four or five shows. And one day I'm on the main floor of our building, which has right when you get past security, that long corridor hallway where there's like four different ways you can go, but it's one long hallway. And at the end of the hallway by the lobby, you are standing, um, you are standing facing me, but you don't see me. I'm 80 feet away down at the end. And someone who I won't name, different on-air person, their back is to me. And I'm like, oh, Colin's there. I'm going to say hi. So I'm walking. And then I hear the person is talking to you about me. And they're not being negative, but they are clearly more than a little annoyed that they feel I have jumped them in the line to (laughs) fill in for you. And I'm like, oh, no. But at this point, I have nowhere nowhere to go. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? And then I'm like, okay, if I go another 20 feet forward, I can duck into this office or this corridor to the right. And you are facing me. This guy's back is to me. And and I he's like, you know what? And you you haven't seen me yet. And you then say something. He responds. And then you and you're being nice. And then you see me and you say, oh, Nick's right here. We should ask him. And I'm like, sweet Jesus. And you turn to me and say, and this guy is now mortified because he knows I've been walking this here the whole time. Here's all of it. You're like, Nick, 
Why is it you're filling in for me and not him? (laughs) What in the world? I'm like, who does this? But you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it's probably because Nick might be better. I'm not sure you didn't say this, but you just were like, "Hmm, seemed interesting. Let's find out the answer. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. Um, Because I got no other job. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. And that was that. Like, unbelievable. But yeah. (laughs) So. So I'm so awkward socially that I didn't (laughs) even consider how jarring emotionally that would be to you and the other person. I mean, for both of us, I think both me and this guy looked at each other and we liked each other. And I don't think he was taking a shot at me. I think it was just kind of frustration, like whatever. I I never, I have no ill will towards this person, but I could not believe that you were just like, well, Nick's right here. Let's ask him. I was like, oh my (laughs) God. So that's Colin Cowherd. Go ahead. So folks. Yeah. Yes. That's why I have just a handful of friends. You know, I, I had my, uh, we had a, I had my 60th birthday party recently and we, it was pretty small gathering. My kids, my sister showed up, hadn't seen her in eight years. So it, it was really kind of a small gathering, but it, it was funny because I did, it didn't, I had very few new friends. Uh, there were a lot of them. I mean, some of them were new, but it, I, I was kind of, as I drove home, I said, I told, you know, I told my wife and I said, you know, just such neat people. And we're so lucky that so many of them live around us, right? Like all in this little area. And I said, uh, you know, it was one of those, I'm like, I just feel really lucky. I have many of the same friends. And as I said it, I thought to myself, yeah, that's, they've learned to deal with me. <laughs> that's why I don't, my parking garage is full. <laughs> Nobody else is driving in looking for a spot. People are, they've had enough, right? Oh, that's great. Okay. All right. Nick, this was fun. An hour and one minute. Uh, I, I know I started on frogs from lights yeah, no, and Red Bull. Great. No, actually, we started about the way our brains work and how weird we are. <laughs> um, but that's fine. Uh, I loved it as always. And uh, and I'll talk to you, you know, probably the next time I'm talking to you, we can do hardcore football because we're going to be previewing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Can't wait for it. Talk to you later. <laughs> See you, buddy. The Volume. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.